Welcome back, everyone, to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. Hey, I'm here with my friend this week, Tommy Neiman, who's one of our worship leaders on staff at Hope, if you've never met him before. I'm excited for you to get to introduce yourself and share a little bit of your story and passion for leading worship. And this month in Young Adult Ministry, we're really focused on the theme of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when you think about that and your passion for leading worship, why is leading worship something you're passionate about? Uh, yeah, I've been leading worship now for like 12 years, I think. And that's a good amount of time. Yeah. Well, like as a job, I suppose I've been leading for 12 years and I started with playing guitar in the worship on the worship team at my first church back when I first became a Christian. I think I was actually playing on the worship team before I was officially a Christian. I've been playing guitar for 20 years and, um, you know, they found out that I could play guitar, and when your worship leader finds out that you have any bit of musical talent, they're going to find a way to utilize that. So, fair warning, um, coming for you. But uh, they found out that I could play, and so Dan he brought me onto the worship team, and um, I'd been attending youth group for a while there. Um, long story short, I ended up starting um, uh, a worship team in the youth group with a few people from the church and then eventually went to school for it for a year, did very poorly, mm -hmm. uh, learned how to read the Bible. So there was something good, good. That and I made a lot of friends at college. So all the, all the actually imp actual important things without the debt. So and what, uh, what college was that? Southeastern, Southeastern, okay. uh, actually the college at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest here in North Carolina. Um, so I went to school there for a year, but while I was there, met some really good friends of mine. But I also was introduced to a worship leader named Matt Papa. Mm -hmm. He uh, for he was around this area for a really long time. He used to lead worship at the Summit Church, but the way that he led worship was just different than mm -hmm. you know people that you the people that I'd ever I'd really ever seen. I'd really never really been um, exposed to a whole lot of worship leaders mm -hmm. outside of youth conferences and bands like Casting Crowns and all that stuff mm -hmm. when I was in youth group and mm -hmm. but this was this was the first time I'd not necessarily it wasn't a Christian band it was just this dude that knew how to uh, I don't know just lead people in worship and not he wasn't just a cover artist singing songs that other people had written mm -hmm. in order to lead the church in worship he was mm -hmm. bringing the songs to life and um, giving them legs in a way because they were there it was so much more to him than just singing a song, hoping people would sing them with him. Mm -hmm. He was uh, expounding on them even. And something that he um, something that he always said, I don't know if he still says it, I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, something that I remember him always saying was that songs are sermons people remember. And that has stuck with me for years now because mm -hmm. I do believe that. I don't, um, something I'm passionate about when it comes to leading worship is not, it is that very thing, not mm -hmm. just being some cover artist on Sunday morning mm -hmm. to um, sing songs in front of a few hundred people mm -hmm. that I'm like 80% sure they're not listening to during the week, you know? <laughs> you know? Um, and so I wanna, I wanna give them something more while mm -hmm. I'm leading worship. I wanna, I wanna show them that these songs that they're you know, singing or that I'm singing over them or whatever, there are things that you can take from these songs and learn and apply to your mm -hmm. life. It's not just, we're not just hyping you up for a sermon. We're not just preparing your heart for a sermon. Although there is an element of that. I do believe that, but mm -hmm. it's so much more. And so 
that's a uh, that's something that I'm just really passionate about when it comes to leading worship, not just singing, but giving you something to take with you. Yeah, you know, well, and and a lot of the songs you guys sing are things they can literally take with them as they they as we sing those songs from our heart during the week in the car in the shower wherever we go. Um, a lot of times people don't realize that the songs that you guys sing come straight from scripture, and it's been cool as scientists have discovered how our brains are made, that one of the things that, actually one of the only things that unites both sides of our brains is singing. And God has designed us to, to praise and worship him. Mm. And so as we sing the truths of, of scripture in these songs, it, it sinks down deeper into our heart. And I love how you're gifted in that and how our team leads us in that. But worship can be kind of a funny thing. Like you talked about it not just being performance. Yeah. And I think people that may have grown up outside the church their experience with like a band environment like you is, oh, they're just, it's a concert, you know? And so it's a new thing to come in and say, how do I experience God through this, this worship experience? I know for me growing up, uh, I didn't grow up in a church with a band. We grew up with like hymnals and a choir and stuff. And I didn't really like church that much. I remember worship being the time when my dad would, would be singing from the hymnal and I would just smell like the dragon fire coffee breath coming down for me <laughs> while I'm like a little boy looking at this book. And I was like, I couldn't wait to be done with it. <laughs> and so as I came to know Jesus and found a relationship with him, I just found myself wanting to praise him and wanting to sing. I'd never wanted to do that before. And I started experiencing that like kind of with some guitar led environments. And it just, I connected with the Holy Spirit more and in a personal way as I began singing songs from my heart. And mm -hmm. so I'd love to maybe ask you to share a little bit of your experience in that. Like when you think about helping people experience God in worship, what are some things you hope that they could learn or experience about that that they might not know? Yeah. What do you think people miss out on? For sure. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I just want anybody listening to this, Core you too, uh, I want you to know that when you are in a corporate worship setting, and all that means is you're in a room with a bunch of other Christians worshiping together. That's so that well, I'm going to use that term a lot when I'm during this. Um, like a gathered group of people around Jesus and his word. Exactly, right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean when I say corporate worship. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a corporate worship setting, when and you're sitting in those seats while someone's leading you in worship or while mm -hmm. even someone's teaching, you know, the pastor or whatever, you do not exist in those seats to serve the ego of anybody doing that stuff. So I just want you to know, like, any sort of anxiety or anything you may feel about the way you're engaging in a corporate worship setting does not exist so that I feel better about the job that I'm doing from the mm -hmm. stage. Um, I think a lot of the time people might feel the pressure to sing or raise hands or whatever you might feel like you need to do during mm -hmm. that time so that uh, so that it's encouraging to the person on stage. Uh, with all the love in my heart that I can uh, muster, save it. Mm. You're, you don't exist in that moment for me. You don't exist in that moment for Chase, who's one of our pastors here at Hope. You don't exist in that moment mm. for whoever's on stage. You are, mm. worship is engaging with the Lord. So I just mm. want you to know that. I hope that that's encouraging for you. I, you are not there to serve my ego. You are not there to serve a pastor's ego. You're there to minister to the heart of God because that is what worship is actually. Somebody recently told me mm. um, that worship ministry, on the weekend is 
one of, if not the only ministry in the building that's ministering directly to the Lord. Children's, children's mm -hmm. ministry, it's ministering to children and families and, mm -hmm. you know, taking your children for an hour so you can worship, so you can minister to the Lord. Um, production ministry, you're there to make sure that everything is, nothing is distracting for anybody else in the room. Um, greeters, you're there to make people feel welcome. Mm -hmm. All these things are meant to do things for the people in the seats, but when you are in the seats, you are worshiping. When I'm leading worship, I am worshiping, ministering to the heart of the Father. Mm -hmm. That's what worship is and what it always should be when we're there gathered together. So so if that's like a new phrase for somebody, ministering to the heart mm -hmm. of the Father, someone who's new to that environment, what does that mean? Could you help them um, kind of break that down for them? God doesn't need a reminder as to who he is. God knows exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. um, but Listen, I'll put it this way. So Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and all your strength, and you, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, I've heard it put, actually, by Matt Papa, the guy I mentioned earlier. I had, I've heard it put this way. He, Jesus doesn't give us this command because, um, because he's some egomaniac or because he's lonely. He doesn't tell us to love him more than anything else because he desperately needs it. Okay, so... Um, like like a child might need ministering to or someone that's sick or someone in prison or a widow orphan or anything like that no god tells us to love him more than anything else because he knows that we need to mm. because and this is i was thinking that same phrase when you were saying that it's yeah so good right yeah. so um it's not to uh it's not because god is some egomaniac it is because and this is this is what i heard um from matt a long time ago he said if we love anything more than God, it will betray us mm. by its death or by ours. So in that way, like we need to be worshiping and loving God with our whole heart, mind, soul, strength, because he's the only one that can really fulfill us and the only, really the only thing that won't betray us by his death because we showed the death, we've seen that death can't even hold him. Death has nothing on God. That's the, that's the focal point of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus. Death couldn't stop him. And so when we try to love anything else more than him, we will experience that death. We will experience its death. We may experience ours, and it will just betray us. But God doesn't do that. So when we minister to the heart of the Father, we're simply reminding him there is nothing else that can satisfy me like you, and I know that. Um, I have something else to add to that, but I don't yeah. know what you're thinking. I'll add to it later. I've no, got... I, I, I'll just kind of jump off of what you said. Yeah. I think another way of thinking about that is just – that worship helps us take our eyes off of ourselves mm -hmm. and put them on our Father who created us and that He put the breath in our lungs. And worship is a way to give the very breath that He breathed into us back to Him, and there's a communion with God in that. The, Bible, the word for spirit in the Bible is the same as breath. And so there's a communion with God that mm -hmm. happens as we're praising Him and ministering to His heart because he's the one that made us. And there's an intimacy there. People talk about intimacy with God. What does that mean? It's it's communing with him in our spirit based on the truth of who he is and the truth of who we are, that we are his beloved children. And worship is a chance to experience that truth mm -hmm. um, by from the inside out, by singing praises to him from our heart just because we love him. Yeah. And it's a way of expressing that. And when you come into a relationship with Jesus, there's like this natural desire in you to want to express that love yep. because you see no one else in this world loves us as much as he does. A supernatural desire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
So shifting gears a little bit. So how do you experience the Holy Spirit when you're leading worship? Could you describe people what that's like for you? Yes, that is a great question. So um, as I'm leading worship, there's a number of things going through my mind uh, because I don't want to, I don't want there to be chaos. I don't want anything to roll off the rails. Like we are there for a certain amount of time and there's kids on the other side of the building driving people crazy. And so we need to get them out of the building. That's why. That's loving. That's loving. Yeah. Um, and it's worship, mm. not just the singing, but also anyway, I'll get there. <laughs> um, when I'm leading worship, I've often got, I, I often have my eyes open looking around the room. Um, I don't think that you should just, like, see, sometimes you'll see a worship leader singing a song, leading a song, and their eyes are closed the entire time. I think that our eyes should be open more often than they are closed when we're leading worship because that is a really, I, this is how I, I teach a lot of worship leaders this, that's, that's a great way for you to see where the Holy Spirit is leading you as you lead others. You could see someone really responding to a song. You could see someone not responding at all, and you just—they seem bored. They seem some. Mm -hmm. There's something going on there, and or or um, you're listening to the song you're singing, and there's a phrase in there that sticks out to you in the moment more than it did in your preparation time. Um, and so, like the oftentimes the best I best experience leading the Holy Spirit when I'm looking around the room. That's mm -hmm. that's a very simple way of doing. It. Any worship leaders listening to this right now. That's a practice that I encourage you to be in the habit of is reading the room. It's a very powerful tool when it comes to not just gauging what the room is doing, but also where the Holy Spirit wants you to go as a worship leader. Um, yeah, and other times I'll be leading worship and the Holy Spirit will put a thought into my head that, um, that he either wants me to share, and this is really important, uh, really important. Um, as you know, you've seen me lead worship a lot. I mm -hmm. talk when I lead worship. I don't yeah. just sing the song. But there are times where he'll put a thought in my head that is just meant for me. Mm -hmm. If Again, if you're a Holy Spirit, uh, wow, if you're um, <laughs> a person, a worship leader listening to this podcast right now, watching it, whatever, this camera here, as I assume people are watching. Um, if you're a worship leader right now listening to this, some t not every thought that is put into your head needs to be shared with a room full of people. Sometimes that is just something that the Father wants you to know that's straight from Him. Sometimes He just wants to encourage you, wants to let you know how loved you are, and sometimes He just wants He wants to convict you. He wants, because He's done that for me countless amounts of times while I'm leading worship. He wants to reveal an area of your life that you have yet to surrender. And often, if you're anything like me, whether you're a worship leader or someone in the seats, this might be a week where this moment right here leading worship listening to like while you're worshiping in a corporate setting that might be the only time that you've given him your attention this week so that may be the only time where he feels as though you're receptive to what it is he wants to share with you so be listening as you're singing the songs and trying to follow along with the worship leader be listening to the voice of the holy spirit be open to what it is that he might be wanting to share with you and that's something that i'm doing as i'm leading i'm trying to listen and receive anything he may have for me to share or to keep between us. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned how, well, you didn't say this exactly, but you said kind of like we can be prone to get distracted and the gathered worship can be maybe the only time where people pay attention to what God's saying to them during the week. And so talk about that a little bit more, like the power of the gathered worship experience and 
how we can pay attention to what God's saying to us in worship and how do we respond to that? Yeah, so earlier I said that um, when we worship corporately that we are ministering to the heart of God, and that's true, and we expounded on that a little bit more. But there are many facets to, many purposes to what we're doing in a weekend gathering context. When we sing these songs together and you hear the voices of 100, 400,000 other people singing the song that you're singing as well, there's this encouragement factor. Um, I wish I, I can't remember the exact uh, passage off the top of my head. I probably should have looked it up. It's just sort of, that's coming up in conversation right now. What um, is it? it it's, What's uh, the idea? The idea is, and we can like post it in comments or something, I guess, yeah. later, right? The idea is that when we gather together, we are exhorting one another, which is encouraging one another with the songs that we're singing, with the worship that we're offering to the Lord. You can also stop and listen to these voices around you singing, and you could, and there's there's times of, there's just, there should be a moment where we're listening to others speaking, um, singing these songs with you, where it could encourage you, but at the same, at the same time, you engaging in worship with the with the saints, with the other people in the room, you have no idea how encouraging that might be to the person next to you. Mm -hmm. Your engagement in a corporate worship setting, our engagement in a corporate worship setting, mm -hmm. goes so much further than just singing lyrics on a screen. It's also there's an encouragement factor for everybody else around you as you as you worship. I hope that made sense. Yeah, well, it, it does. The, the word encouragement literally means to give courage to someone else. And that's why we're designed to experience God on our own through the Holy Spirit, but also in community. The Holy Spirit brings us into a family where we encourage one another. And when we hear each other lift up praises to God, it's encouraging. We realize we're not alone in this. Yeah. And there's other people with stories of brokenness and pain and struggle and joy all around us. And we're lifting up praises to the God who loves us. And I was thinking about the verse. I don't know if this is the verse you're thinking of, but in Ephesians 5. That's it. It says, um, actually, he's talking about like not getting drunk, but to be filled with the Spirit instead, singing spiritual songs to one another. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, the short-term highs we can experience in this life, maybe through substances or good experiences even from time time, pale in comparison to the power of the Spirit dwelling in us and learning to lift up praises to God and in a community mm -hmm. where we're loved and known for who we really are and accepted for who we are. And that, that happens when we gather together. And hopefully when we gather and we're singing songs, that helps us pay attention a little bit more in our normal life. Yeah. It's not like the Holy Spirit stays in the worship gathering. That's right. He, 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 he does meet us in a special way when we gather, but he goes with us and sends us out to really live in communion with him. And when you think about helping people respond to the Spirit, I think that's something I've seen you're really good at, is helping people think about life beyond just the Sunday morning experience. Yeah. I think you made a comment a few weeks ago about just the power of living in God's presence all the time. And it seemed like that was something God's been teaching you. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, but when you said it, it, it really stuck out to me. Sometimes it, I say things, Corey. <laughs> Sometimes I start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Oh, well, it was <laughs> Michael <good>. Scott. <laughs> Michael Scott, yeah. I think you talked about the antidote to boredom. Do you uh, remember what I'm oh, talking about yet? Yes. So, oh, yeah, you. there it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I wish I could remember the exact thing that I said, but um, he, here's the basic idea is that the remedy for – oh, this is it. The remedy for boredom in the church is not – better songs it's mm -hmm. not more jokes in the sermon it's not 
longer times of worship. It's not shorter times of worship. It's not anything, any formula, in fact. It's just nothing that we can do. Simply put, it's, well, in a sense, it is something we can do. It's allowing ourselves to be in the presence of God daily. Um, that is, if you want to, you know, experience more, mm. if you feel like you're bored in church, if you feel as though, you know, I can't speak for him. Maybe your church is boring, but <laughs> that no knock on your church. Maybe that's just the way they do things. Um, but the most likely scenario is that you're just bored. Mm. Um, is that uh, there's some, for me, I can only speak personally, that uh, when you grow so familiar or numb to the gospel or when you lose a sense mm. of wonder, um, that only comes with, time spent in God's presence, uh, then yeah, you're going to get bored. You're going to grow um, numb. You may enter down a path of deconstruction and blame anybody else for that. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not necessarily knocking that, um, but I think that Oftentimes when we feel ourselves, when we find ourselves running to other things and looking to other things to fulfill us, it's just because we haven't spent time in God's presence like we should be. I know that's how it's been for me. When I run to, um, when I run to other things in my life to fulfill some sort of desire, it's because I'm just simply not going after God. I'm not trying to spend time in His presence. I'm not reading His Word. I'm not praying. I'm not. These sound like basic cliche principles, and they may very well be basic because those are some of the first things that you learn as a Christian that you should be doing as disciplines. But sometimes the basics are all we need to get back into God's presence daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, but along those lines, when something you said earlier is that the Holy Spirit does not stay in this building, you know, and the Holy Spirit goes with you is in in fact the holy spirit went upon like when you become a christian is inside of you the bible says that the power that raised jesus from the dead lives inside of us mm-hmm. um and so i would challenge you that if you want to experience god's presence it's not going to happen simply in a you know in church it's not just going to happen in a one hour prayers thing or five minutes of prayer or anything like that engage with the holy spirit Throughout your day, this is something that I try to do. I don't always, I'm not great at it. I'm not perfect by any means. I don't, I'm this, in fact, I'm not a pro at any of this. <laughs> um, uh, but there is something to be said for like literally conversing with the Holy Spirit as you go out throughout your yep. day, as you, um, as you have conversations with people, as you um, talk to your family members who are often the people who are hardest to love the most in our lives. You, know, you need strength from the Holy Spirit. Often, mm-hmm. sometimes the prayer may just be, Holy Spirit, give me patience. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mm-hmm. goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Sometimes conversing with the Holy Spirit throughout your day is going to be, God, give me love, give me grace, give me faithfulness, give me patience, give me self-control, because I don't it's called self-control, but it's also a fruit of the Spirit. He's the one that gives it to you. Mm-hmm. Tangent. <laughs> that was a good tangent. And sometimes it's admitting when we see we don't have the fruit of the Spirit. And yeah. God, that's a sign I need you. It's good. And even worship is a chance where we're given uh, the opportunity to come together with the family to remember that we have direct access to God all the time. 
but when we come together and worship, we're reminded of the things that are most important. And we all need that because we're prone to wander. Yeah. And that's why we need a church family. It's not just me and Jesus and the Father and Holy Spirit out on our own. We're, we're a part of this community. We're living to uh, to find hope and share that hope with other people. And that's the other beautiful thing about the gathered worship experience is we can always invite someone along with us to ex- begin to experience the truth of what we're pursuing with our lives. Um, and just thinking about like that idea of really living in communion with the Holy Spirit in our everyday life, man, that's, that's something that takes practice. Like <laughs> us as leaders, we're, we're leaders because we've learned where to find the source of life, but none of us are perfect. And I love the idea of, of practicing the presence of God. Mm. That's, that's actually, uh, I think the last time I checked the, the second best selling Christian book of all time, besides the Bible, it's a oh. short little book by well, brother Lawrence. I'll give you a <laughs> all right. And he has this famous quote of, I'm as in tune with God when I'm washing the pots and the pans as I am when I'm in the sanctuary. Okay. It reminds me of another book by David Crowder called Praise Habit, Mm. um, Finding God in Sunsets and Sushi. It's essentially the same thing, you know, like... Except he has a cooler beard. Much cooler. Yeah. I don't know what that other guy even looks like, so... Probably that haircut with Uh, the the hole in the middle. Yeah, that one. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Knowing that God's presence can be found in any and every circumstance mm. is key to living life led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Knowing that there is no, that you don't need a pad, or which is that droning sound you hear in church mm. sometimes, or you don't need a <laughs> piano playing underneath a really quiet moment in order for you to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's that's so wrong. I, you know, sometimes in church, I wish that we would just stop the music completely, or we would not play un- anything underneath a prayer because um, we can mistake uh, the emotions that we're feeling in that moment for uh, the Holy Spirit, and that's mm-hmm. just not how it works, not yeah. how He works. Well, since we got you here, is there any last encouragement you want to give? Uh, something you want to share with them about responding to the Holy Spirit or experiencing God in worship? That you would love for people to know. Yeah, I have my notes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so there is there are a few things. At the beginning of this podcast, I said that your involvement in worship and service is not to serve the ego of anybody on on the platform, and that is true. Um, but you're not also meant to merely be a consumer. Hmm. Uh, church services nowadays are very much crafted in such a way that almost enables people to merely consume. Mm. And it's really, uh, it's a dangerous thing. It's a great way to just focus, but it's also an easy way to just get lost in a crowd and become a number and allow yourself to sit and receive. But finding ways to participate uh, are key. Serve, find a way to serve your church. If you're musical, Mm. find a way to sing on the worship team or whatever, audition. um, But find ways to engage in worship as in a corporate setting that maybe you've never engaged before. Maybe you're listening to this and you've been sitting in worship services for years and you've never sung a word with Mm. the church. Maybe that's your first step. You don't need to go straight to hands in the air or whatever, carrying the TV or touchdown. (laughs) You don't need to go straight to that, but maybe your first step in engaging and participating in a worship service is just singing the songs. The words are on the screen. The melodies, they're not that hard. Maybe I sing songs a little high. I get that. Sorry, Jason Gore. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but that could be your first step. Try it. Um, 
outside of the weekend, here's another thing. Try conversing with the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. Mm. Ask him where he's leading you. You may even get to a point where you feel the Lord's, the Lord, the Holy Spirit leading you to share something with somebody. Um, that's great. That's I, that hasn't happened to me personally a whole lot. Um, but I, I do want to caution you in this. Nowadays, um, telling people something and then explaining to them that you're telling them that because you feel as though God led you to tell them that um, has been. Uh, widely misused and has been used in ways to manipulate people to do things and to um, and, and it's just caused all kinds of problems if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to share things with people just share it you don't have to say oh God led me to tell you this because at that point like if God shared it with you it's not gonna be wrong and so th that's where the manip manipulation thing comes into just share it if it's if it's the Lord leading you to share something he's going to, he's gonna do what he's gonna do you don't need to tell people that you heard from the Lord they could just think you're crazy and just completely block you out or they may actually hear what it is you're saying and that may be exactly what they needed to hear and then at that point you you may never know if you're actually following the leading of the Holy Spirit he, he may just use you um, other times you may actually share something that you feel the Lord leading you to share and they may hear that and they may run with it and the Lord will work through that. You just have to trust him. You have to trust that what you're saying is going to be used by the Holy Spirit to do the good work that he needs to do in somebody. Just just a word of caution. That's good. Yeah, I think when God shows us something, we just act on it. And just trust him it. with the result. Yeah. Uh, I will share one story about that real quick. The other other day we were at an event and we were in a worship gathering and I felt like God put a name of a specific person on my heart. And so I just felt like, hey, I'm just going to go up to this person and say, can I pray for you? And I did that. He was very receptive to it. And then afterwards that night he called me. I didn't say like God told me to do this. Right. right. I just asked him, hey, is it okay if I pray for you? Yeah, sure. So that night he, he called me on the way home. He caught me like right before I was going to my house to see my wife and kids. He said, that was a crazy experience. He goes, I was sitting there in the worship gathering and I was thinking I should really go get somebody to pray for me, but it seems mm. weird. And I, I might bump into somebody along the way. I don't know who's gonna pray for me. I don't know if I know them. He's like just stuck in his head. He, and then he thought to himself, well, I wish Corey would, I wish I could just pray with Corey because I know him and I trust him. And right when I had that thought, you put your hand on my shoulder mm. and asked me if you could pray for me. Wow. And I didn't know that. And it totally blessed him and, and helped him from where he was in his relationship with God. And I just did what I felt like God showed me to do and then trusted him with the results. And I think that's the cool thing about following the Holy Spirit is we just can trust his leading. And sometimes we get it right, sometimes we don't. But if you're not weird about it, then you're not like forcing anything on right. people. And you allow them to have their own experience in response. And if you ask someone to, if they you can pray for them, rarely are they going to say no. And that could, like what Corey just talked about, it could be the very thing that, the very first step you need to take in following the leading of the Holy Spirit. It may not just be sharing some sort of word of knowledge mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit gave you. Maybe it's just, can I pray for you? I don't know what to pray for you about, but can I? And rarely will people say no. Um, I would try it. Yeah. 
So I appreciate you taking the time to, to share with our young adults some thoughts about worship. And, I hope it made sense. <laughs> oh, bro, you are great. Yeah. And we just love your heart. Thanks for your gifts and, and leading our community. And wherever you're watching from out there, if you're not a part of hope, you're a part of hope. We hope you're encouraged by this to seek God in your life and to take the next steps of faith that he's leading you to take. And if you want to join us online at GetHope.tv, you're welcome to, to join us there if you don't have a church family. And if you're in the Triangle, we'd love to see you at one of our young adult gatherings. You can find out all the information about young adult ministry at GetHope.net slash young adult. Take care, guys, and thanks again, Tommy. Sure. Yeah.